Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. The past two weeks have been very wet, with Met Erin reporting two to three times the normal rainfall, which adds to the very wet October. In October, Met Erin weather stations reported at least 130% of normal rainfall, but Cork and a number of stations around the Midlands recorded over 200% of normal. We chatted about the effects of wet soil conditions in last week's podcast, and the rain which has fallen over the last three to four days will stop all field work for the foreseeable future. Farmers are not only trying to get crops planted, but also harvesting of root crops and potatoes is also in progress. Potato farmers have made reasonable progress with harvest in September or October, but the harvest is far from finished. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Shay Phelan, a Chagas tillage and potato specialist from Oak Park, to talk about how the potato harvest is progressing and the difficulties the current weather poses to farmers. Shay, it's been extremely wet over the last couple of weeks. You might maybe remind us how much rain has fallen and how much more than normal that is. Yeah, so you're right, Michael. It has been has been very, very wet over the last couple of weeks, which, you know, unfortunately for potato growers and vegetable growers, just coincides with, with a busy period. Um, if we take Oak Park here, for example, we've had uh, approximately 150 millimetres of rain in October. We'd normally have somewhere around 80 or 90 millimetres of rain, and we had something similar in September as well. So for the last two months, if you like, we've had um, over 300 millimetres of rain, which is more than double what we would normally have for that period of time. And depending on parts of the country, some have had something similar and some have slightly more and have had slightly less. Um, so it has made ground conditions very, very tricky just at the real wrong time for, for potato growers. And in, in terms of those potato gores, how much is left to be harvested? Is it not pretty much all out by now? No? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, and again, it depends on the where, where you are. Um, a lot of the crop in the south and southeast is is safely in store at this stage, but it's very it's very individual and on, on, or they're very different on individual farms. I know some places in in particular where they've only just started to to harvest, so they have a lot of work to do as well. And again, you know, again regionally, if you take say the northwest, um, they would have a lot more to do than typically they would have around the east coast. So. Um, I would say if you were to take a national average, I'd say we're somewhere about 25 to 30 percent of the crop is still still in the ground. Um, so it's it's quite a bit of, quite a bit of work to be done yet. OK, geez, that's a huge amount still there. Mm. And, and, and today, Shay, in terms of yields, what sort of what, what are farmers reporting back to you in terms of what's, what's coming out? It's, it's very variable, to be honest with you, Michael. I mean, I know Board B are doing yield eggs or analysing them at the moment. Um, and certainly those figures would suggest that uh, that they're going to be hugely variable. But listening to listening to what farmers are telling me and some of our agronomists around the country that some some of the lighter soils are badly affected in terms of yield. So doing something like 10, 12 tons an acre, whereas some of the heavier soils or soils that have irrigation or access to water, uh, some of those crops not many, but some are doing north of 20 tonnes an acre. But So there's a huge variability overall out there. Um, and I suppose that that just doesn't take into effect some of the quality issues that there, that there are out there as well. There are some quality issues out there with bruising. Um, so that's that's going to make some of that crop unsaleable as well. So while, you know, while we tend to look at what's coming over the Weybridge, we don't actually see the full impact of or what yield is going to be marketable, I suppose, until they until they go back out the other side of the of the farm later on. So um but they are going to be hugely variable overall. And it'll be it'll be down a little bit then, I suppose, Shay, then in, in comparison to maybe last year or, or Yeah, or you'd expect like last year roosters averaged around 19 tons an acre or something like that. We're probably going to be somewhere in the region of about 10, maybe 15% 
down on those yields from last year. But again, it's it depends on the farm and depends on where they were where the fields were. Okay. And Shay, of those potatoes that are already harvesting, you mentioned some of them in the south and southeast are already in store. How much of that is likely to be sold already, given I suppose some of the costs that are in front of farmers for for, for storage over the, uh, the the you know the next number of months? Yeah, certainly there was a phenomenon, Michael, um, in September and late August, and early September, where anything that was that was available to be um, sold was sold on quite quickly, and it actually depressed the market quite a bit at the time um, because people were conscious of storage costs and how much it was going to cost them to store. So they actually moved quite a lot of product on early as, as as early as they possibly could, which kind of depressed the market a little bit. But I would say in terms of year on year, I'd say we're probably relatively similar to where we would be other years as well. Um, so I'd say we're, we're, there's not a whole lot extra more sold, if you know what I mean, compared to where it would have been this time last year. Okay. And, and in terms of those cold storage, obviously that's a, it's like a big fridge and, and a fridge costs money in terms of running from an electricity point of view. Do we have any idea what sort of costs it it, it takes to 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 store potatoes over a month or over a number of months? Yeah, and I suppose electricity. You're right, Michael. Electricity is a huge part of of the storage cost of or the cost of running those refrigerated stores. But it's only one cost. Um, if you take the electricity use section of it alone, you're looking at something like maybe there's estimates out there of about uh, for six month storage somewhere between ninety and hundred kilowatts. Uh, kilowatt hours for for storing those fridges or running those fridges for about six months and then i suppose it really depends on how much you're actually what your tariff you're paying on top of that uh, for other years you would have seen that it probably would have been somewhere around 20 to 30 cent per kilowatt hour um, but some of the quotes i'm being told now are somewhere between anything between 60 and a, and a euro a kilowatt hour which adds a huge cost to those refrigerated stores um, so it actually, you know, it actually, it, you're looking at maybe a doubling, if not a tripling of the electricity cost uh, of those stores. But that's only one part of it. I mean, there's also you, you lose weight in store as well. So there's weight loss, there's the cost of the boxes, there's tear. So if you take all of those into account, uh, you're looking at somewhere at the moment we're estimating, I'm trying to get a good handle on this with a couple of growers and, and packers. You're looking at costs of somewhere north of 20 euros per ton per month uh, to, to keep those stores going. Wow, Jesus, you're getting into fairly big costs there. So over a yeah. six-month period of which a good bit of you know, material has to be stored over a six-month period, you're getting yeah. into 120, 130 euros a ton easily um, to, yes. to, to store it all the way through. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, big cost. But do, do they all necessarily have to be in a cold store? Is there any reason why potatoes can't be stored in an ambient store for a while and maybe turn on the fridge every now and then? Or is there is there a reason why it has to be cold all the time? Yeah, well, I suppose it's quality is what we're trying to uh, preserve in, in cold stores. Okay, so most, about 85 to 90% of the potatoes in the country at the moment go through the main retailers. Uh, and obviously, you have to meet the specifications that they set down for their customers. Um, so in that case, you're looking at skin finishes being the, pri- the, the primary concern for a lot of those uh, retailers. So you actually have to have good, uh, bright, colourful Potatoes. Take rooster, for example, they want good red skins on them. And one of the big diseases that we see at higher temperatures, if you're storing at eight degrees, is a thing called silver scurf, which makes which covers the skin in a silver, silver fleck. So it, it actually takes that brightness and that redness away from the away from the tuber. And um, but there are other diseases then as well that come in at higher temperatures, like so gangrene or dry rot. Uh, which can spread in store. So uh, the reason that they, they keep them at 
three to four degrees Celsius is to, is to prevent the spread of those disease diseases in store. And that's the main reason why we keep them at those temperatures. So if a consumer wants a perfect potato, nice and round, red, washed, looks looks the, looks the thing, has to be stored at lower temperatures and that costs money. That costs money, exactly, yes. So as you mentioned earlier on, there's about 20-30% of potatoes still to be harvested, which is which is quite significant, I suppose, in a, in, a, in a relatively balanced market that we have here in Ireland. So providing it does stop raining, and hopefully it will over <laughs> shortly, um, it'll probably take the ground a, a few weeks to probably dry out um, for harvest to begin again. What sort of difficulties do you think farmers are facing um, going back out into those fields now? Yeah, I suppose the, the, the big one at the moment is soil conditions, uh, Michael, in terms of that ground or soil doesn't really dry at this time of year. It soaks. So really what you're having to look, wait for is the water table to drop and hope then that the, uh, and wait for the soil to actually to soak out or water to soak out through the soil. Um, and that in itself is probably the, the primary concern for most growers at this moment in time, actually getting machinery in and out of the, out of the fields. But I suppose that also leads to another problem then, if, if water or if soils are waterlogged, you potentially have some, if not all, of the crops sitting in damp and wet soils. And where tubers are sitting below uh, or sitting in water for any length of time, be it about 48, 72 hours, you know, they start to rot and break down very, very quickly. Um, so you know, the big risk there from that point of view is that when you go out and you can physically get out into the fields whenever the rain ceases, that a proportion of the crop is actually beginning to rot already. Um, and while that's a problem, or, or yeah, while it is a problem for the tubers that are there, it also allows other diseases then or facilitates other diseases to get into the crop or part of the crop that's fine. So that's probably the big concern that you'd have. Um, and, and the other, I suppose, uh, secondary concerns are maybe things like frost damage or maybe slug damage or even wireworm damage potentially at this stage are, are all risks that the crop uh, are exposed to in, in, in the ground at this moment in time. So I suppose the, the long and short of it is the earlier they can get them out or the quicker the ground dries out and they can get them out um, the, and they can get them into the shed, the safer they'll be. I suppose that's not, I haven't said anything about uh, the, the damage, I suppose, trying to take potatoes out in those really poor conditions that yeah, the yeah. soils and the, the next crops and all that kind of thing would be under serious threat. But I, I was just thinking about it as you were talking about the cost of storage, um, which are enormous, versus the potential trade-off in terms of the uh, losses that might be in the ground. Would would have, would have grown up as well off maybe leaving them in the ground until next March or April until till they're, till they're ready to take them out and uh, would they harvest it in you know for this perfection at that stage and um, to, 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 to be anyway saleable then yeah again it's a good question Mike and we've seen years like this before whereby for no other choice other than um, they didn't have a choice to dig them with, with way conditions where we had frost or, or, or waterlogged that growers have left uh, crops in the ground until until the spring and dug them then and um, and again you're really i suppose the, the danger with that and the risk of that is you're at the you're at the mercy of the weather um, and we've seen i've seen losses of 50 60 percent in those cases oh. whereby you know be it, be it slug damage be it water logging be it frost damage um plus the cost of harvesting and um, because the cost of harvesting goes up then when you're in digging in wet soils you're taking more clay up the soil it takes more energy and more um, diesel usage if you like to separate out the crop from the from the um, from the clay 
And likewise, then when you bring that, when you do bring that crop indoors, you have more separation and drying of that crop to do um, as well. So the the costs rise exponentially when you're trying to dig in those wetter circumstances, unless you can wait until it soils dry out in February and March and get it then. But as I say, the longer you leave them in the soil, the greater the risk of other damages. Uh, and never mind your your gangrene risk, your silver scurf risk, and um, those disease risks as well um, come into it as well. So they play a part as well. So you know it's you know it's 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 a risky game, and I suppose the reason people put them in store is because they can control the environment in store and reduce down the risks that way. So that's I suppose that's the real trade off. That if you leave them outside, you have no control of the environment. Whereas if you have them in store, be it at a cost, you do have uh, control over the environment they're being stored in. And what would the differential be, Shay, in terms of, let's just say you had potatoes that came out in really nice conditions in October and there's almost no uh, soil sticking to the potatoes and it's going into a nice box and it can be aerated nice, nicely the whole way through or cooled nice the whole way through versus a potato that's coming out, say, now in mid or late November, even into December, that is, you know, it's 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 in the middle of soil and everything's tacked into it and maybe a third or half the box is full of soil and it's harder to get the air through it and it's harder to keep it in the way you want. When that later harvested potato is coming back out of store, what sort of differential would be in the losses one comparison to the other, the October versus the late November one? Is it is it an awful lot higher? Oh, you can be sure of it, Michael. I mean, the, the big problem we tend to find in conditions like this is that when you're bringing in um, crop in say early October, late September, early October, temperatures are generally higher uh, and you get you get the heal or cure the crop an awful lot quicker. You can cure the crop in depending on the temperature in uh, maybe seven days. Okay, so you dry the crop off. Any bruise or any damages or any little tears or, or flicks that are on the on the on the tuber from the harvesting process will cure in about seven days. Okay. So, so when you say when you say cure now, a potato is a living entity and it's able to repair like your own skin. Exactly. You've got a bit of a cut. It's able to repair exactly. itself. Exactly. Okay. It, it tuberizes and it, it creates a scab, if you like, on the on the wound. So it actually heals itself. But when you get into say this time of year and you're digging crop in wet conditions, you're bringing in maybe 30, 40% clay into the box. That takes an awful long an awful lot longer to dry and to cure. So the cost, uh, don't forget you're running fans all this time to try and dry that crop first. And then you have to cure it. You're waiting for the temperature to, 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 to cure. And that takes an awful lot longer in colder temperatures. So while the crop is curing and drying, you have a huge risk of a disease called gangrene getting in into the crop. And that gangrene uh, is more active in cold conditions. And it can spread in the crop very, very quickly if it's not contained. And again, depending on how well or how poor the, the, the curing and the drying process is, we can see losses of 20, 30, 40 percent uh, due to gangrene alone if 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 the, if the process isn't done correctly. So, again, that's a huge additional cost at this time of year to make sure that you don't get those losses in crop in store. Because the one thing we always say about crops in store, they don't improve in store. You can only manage what's there. So you, have, you can't actually make the crop better in the store. You have to try and store, get them as good a condition as they can be before they get into store then you maintain them at that condition as best you possibly can. So there's no good, there's no good news there, Shay. Um, from what you're saying, um, if everything went perfect, our yield was probably going to be down maybe 15%. For the 20 or 30% that's left out there, geez, we could be, from what you're saying, we could be looking at maybe 
twice or maybe three times the normal losses that you'd be expecting. So for, for that coming out, they're, they're, they're going to be way down in saleable yield, I suppose, on the ground. And you might maybe just go back and and because um, no, you you do up a kind of a cost and returns whereby you you have a look at the total cost to produce potatoes versus what what's probably needed at the far side. And I remember looking at them there um, a, a few months ago and being nearly fell off the chair at the total cost. You might remind us how costly it is for potato producers to actually produce potatoes. Yeah, as you say, Michael, it's a huge gamble at this stage. Um, and it was exaggerated this year by, like every other crop, by the cost of fertilizer and energy and diesel. Um, so in 2022, I estimated now that uh, the cost of growing a hectare of potatoes, main crop potatoes, was in the region of about 11,000 euros a hectare, plus your rental charge on top of that, which could be anything. So you could be looking at somewhere in the region, including rental cost and including storage up to six months of up to 12,000 euros a hectare um so it's a huge cost in terms of of trying to get or, or, or in terms of making sure that you sell as much as you can out, out of it to make ends meet um, and hence i mean we see people exiting the, the the industry every year because of the risk involved and especially when you get a year like this that is an enormous gamble and if i was a farmer looking at uh, 20 or 30 percent of my of my crops still out there in the ground with wet and water coming in on top of it. Jesus, that's that that, that that's they're, they're, they're brave, brave farmers now in furnace, very brave. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the market that's out there at the moment selling on the far side, what's the market demand like? Is it is it reasonably good or where is it at? It's picking up, uh, it's coming off a low base. Um, one of the things we saw this year was that with the drought that we experienced in, in August, that sales at that time of year were very, very low. Um, and normally what we see a rebound when they come to, when schools go back. Um, but for some reason this year, that that rebound was quite slow and it took a while for it to, to materialize. Um, but listening to different people across the market, now the market has picked up quite a bit, but yet, as I say, it's coming off a low base. Um, the one thing I would say from the point of view is that um, one of the comments that we were hearing all the way through season, especially as close as we're getting to harvest, and it created uh, harvest difficulties with that dry matters in, in, in crops were very, very high this year. So there were normally we would dig rooster at about 21, 22% dry matter. This year we're seeing roosters at 23, 24 and even higher in some cases. And some of the other varieties were even higher than that. So if somebody likes a good high dry matter, flowery potato, um, the quality of them this year from that point of view should be quite good. Well, look, that's there's a lot of um, a lot of not so great news and everything we've been chatting about so far. But at least the consumer is going to get a really nice product at the end, and and I, I say to be sure, the majority of the potatoes are going to look pretty as well as as well as having that nice flowery potato as well. Shay, thanks very much for that update. Um, we certainly wish all the potato farmers the very best in terms of trying to get um as many of those potatoes in the ground out as they can. Um, but also. Um, trying to get a return on the massive gamble as you're after saying there, twelve thousand euros per hectare, um, at least for most farmers. Um, so hopefully they can they can actually make money out of it that we retain our industry. Shay, thanks exactly. very much again. Thanks, Michael. So that's it for this week, and my thanks to Shay for joining me on the podcast. Don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, review and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more Tillage news and advice.